Assalamu alaikum, my fellow Muslim hustlers, adventurers, all those out there who are working towards mastering their dunya, really just fighting the good fight. I hope you guys are doing absolutely phenomenal today. And in today's podcast, I'm titling it The Dunya Mastery Revolution. Because over the last couple episodes, I've really been talking a lot more about the tactical. But what I want to start doing is really talking more about the messaging for Dunya Mastery, because at the end of the day, that is, in my opinion, the philosophy that is going to, not only my opinion, it's going to be, inshallah, bi'idhnillah, the reality of impacting hundreds and thousands, bi'idhnillah, millions of Muslims, and the mindsets of Muslims around the world. And inshallah, we're going to be starting with those in the Western world. But what I want to really touch base on today is what is that messaging, right? I've talked, I haven't talked a lot about Dunya Mastery too much in these podcast episodes and it's about time that I do because at the end of the day, it is that messaging that is going to impact the lives of everyone at a very fundamental level. So what is Dunya Mastery? Dunya Mastery is a philosophy. It is a way of life. It is a way of thinking in which you are no longer of slave of the dunya. Instead, you become a master of the dunya. You transcend yourself and start to create and design and paint the vision of the dunya that you want to create for your life. And so many Muslims that I speak to and more than any other community that I've spoken to, obviously I am a little bit biased because the Muslim community is my community, but having spoken to so many other communities, right? I've spoken to Mormons and Christians and Hindus and Buddhists and uh, people who don't have any faith and general population and you know people from different nationalities. And more than any other community that I have ever seen or ever spoken to, Muslims at their core have a fundamental desire to want to help in order to give charity, in order to really pour back into their community. And yet, at the same time, when I speak to those individuals who have this core desire of wanting to pour back into their community, every single person I talk to says, hey, I would love to start a business so that way I can give more charity. All of them, every single one of them that I've spoken to. And yet, each and every single one of them feels stuck. Whether that be that they feel stuck in their career, whether that be that they feel stuck in their business, whether that be that they feel stuck in their relationship, whether that be that they feel stuck in their personal development, whether that be they feel stuck in the momentum and the direction of their life, they just overall feel stuck and they're unsure where it is that they are headed, they're unsure what it is that they want to do or how they want to get to where they want to go. And so Dunya Mastery for me is the philosophy and the way of thinking of breaking down core fundamental principles related to the dunya and making them extremely tangible and practical so that people can begin to have exercises that break the mold of their own limiting beliefs, as well as the limiting beliefs that our community, uh, the Muslim community, has put on our minds. Right? We have in Urdu we say there's a rohab, like there's a there's like a there's a, there's there's this there's this overcasting shadow of self doubt. Of um, I was listening to somebody today, and they said, you know, growing up in the Muslim community, they always said, oh, there's no way you can do that. Right? We have so many brilliant educated, smart minds within our communities and yet they come up with these ideas and then they are thwarted 
by the rest of the community. I have been a, I don't want to say because we're not a people who have victim mindsets, but I have been one of those people when I was growing up in my community. I had so many great ideas and yet I was always told, oh, that's not possible. Oh, that's not something we can actually do. Oh, and all because there was a thwarting, thwarting of my vision, of my ambition. And so the dunya mastery message is to be able to really break the paradigm that Muslims are in right now. And it's enough is enough. The dunya is not the enemy. And enough is enough to think that for if you want to build a business and if you want to make money, that that is greedy. Enough is enough that we don't have a focus of personal development within our communities. Because the truth is that Islam has given us a message that not only begins at the individual level, but then that transcends to the family level, to the household level. It then transcends to the community level. It then transcends to the society level. It then transcends to the state level. It then transcends to the national level. And then it then transcends to the international level. And so personal development, yes, it begins with you. It begins with you making a decision that, hey, I am ready to change my life. I am ready to take a different direction in my life. But then what you don't realize is that that beacon of light of light that you have put out there starts to impact all of the people that are around you. And I have I'm a first-hand experience witness to this. When I went ahead and said, you know what? Enough is enough for myself. And I said I wanted to start publishing. The funny thing is that so many people in my own network have started publishing. Another brother that I know um, has started publishing today and he said that this is, you know, he's already feeling a level of freedom towards going to where it is that he wants to go. And so when you choose to live a different life in the dunya, what you don't realize is that you as a candle are lighting other candles. You are the beacon of hope for all those who are around you, whether you realize it or not. And so at the end of the day, the dunya mastery philosophy is one in which we embrace all of the dunya and scientific aspects that we have to our availability in today's world and we stop fighting and start stop thinking of them as the enemy in terms of science and studies and looking at you know dunya principles these things are not our enemy and so too many times when we as muslims because we hold our deen close to our heart we feel, we take those these hadith, you know, a dunya sijnul mu'min. We say, oh, the dunya is the prison for the mu'min. There is a specific context for this hadith. And so it is time for us to stop taking the deen and using it as an excuse for us to not be who it is that we have the potential to become. This is the first time, the last 100 years is the first time in the history of Islam that there has not been a place that Muslims can call home. And yes, we can point fingers all we want, but at the end of the day, it is because we as Muslims have gone af- gone away from becoming the best version of ourselves. We have gone away from the practical understanding of our deen. Yes, all of the scholars and all of those in the masajid want to say that it's because we have gone away from the Qur'an and the Sunnah, but I want to go deeper than that. It's not just that we've gone away from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Because yes, now we have so many madaris and we have so many madrasas. Uh, madaris is a plural of madrasas, by the way. Madrasa, by the way. Is that, yes, we have those institutions in place. There are more people learning and becoming hafidh, right? And yet, 
why is it that more and more Muslims are feeling disconnected from their deen? Is because what we have truly lost is not just the Quran and the Sunnah, but we have lost the practical implications, the practical understandings of these concepts in our daily lives. Right? We say we understand the concepts of tawakkul, and we say we understand the concepts of taqwa, right? We pray our salawat and all these things, and yet we don't truly understand their context unto our daily lives in our dunya lives. We're not implementing them in the way that they should be. And that truly comes from having to re-understand these principles in light of the dunya that we live in now. We live in a very, 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 very different world than even our forefathers lived in just a hundred years ago, sixty years ago. Never mind the world that the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the Khilafat al-Rashidin lived in. It is a very, very different world. I was talking to a buddy of mine and we were talking about how, just imagine refrigerators, electricity, cars, sewage, right? All of these things that we take for granted that we don't even think of. Life was completely different 50 to 100 years ago. And so to say that these concepts, right, that we read in these books that are related to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, to say that they do not need to be re-emphasized and re-explained in a context that is understandable for the, for the given society, that is a complete mistake. It is an absolute shame and it is an absolute tragedy that we are not re-implementing these concepts in a new light. It's not to say that those concepts are outdated. It's that to say that we need to have a new way of explaining them. Because our minds, now we have internet. Like the internet, imagine the amount of knowledge that is available to us now than even just 50 years ago. And so we need to adapt with the times and re-understand these concepts in a way that is actually practical and implementational to the Muslims that are living in today's world. And so that really is at the core of the dunya mastery message. And inshallah, I want to do a better job of talking more often about it because at the end of the day, time under tension, repetition is what creates mastery. And so for me to be able to fully craft and create this messaging related to dunya mastery so that it becomes razor sharp. So that as soon as I speak about these concepts, they touch the hearts of every single one of the target audience that I'm trying to speak to. That is my goal and inshallah I'm going to do a better job of conveying that message and get more practice related to this. So that way I can get better at it. I know that in today's explanation it was a little bit more conceptual. But like I said, this is the very first rep of me trying to put that out there. So bi-idhnillah, I hope you guys can follow along and really internalize this new philosophy. I'm almost calling it a new madhab and I know that some people are going to get a little bit you know, antsy about that. But you have to understand that there are two ways to understand words, especially in deen, but in, co- in, the, in the context of general. You can understand them from a linguistic perspective and then you can understand them in the istilah definition. Istilah means that you understand it within the specific context of the ulum of the sciences, right? And so madhab has a very different meaning in the istilah. It has a very different meaning when you talk about fiqh. But what I'm talking about is the linguistic definition of madhab, which is a philosophy, a way of thinking. And so truly, 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 bi-idhnillah, I want to make this dunya mastery message of personal development, of developing yourself, inshallah, to touch the lives and minds of thousands and millions of Muslims across not only the Western world, but across the Muslim world. And I'm going to close off with this is because I, I had a, um, a brother ask me about this. Was that why is it that personal development and is at the core of the dunya mastery message? 
right? Why has it? Why is it that this has never been a thing in the history of Islam in the past, right? Of course, we have concepts like "qad aflaha man zakkaha," right? We have concepts of tazkiyah within Islam, but it has never been within the context of what I'm talking about in in today's podcast. Inshallah, what I'm going to be talking about in the future. Why is that? The reason being is because in today's world, there has never, ever, ever, ever been a time in which the mind was at the forefront of society. In today's world, there are more people who are brain workers than physical workers. We live in a world for the first time in human history in which the mind and ideas are at the forefront of the war that we are that we are going after, right? We're at the forefront, not only of the war, but really at the forefront of society. The mind is the tool now. That's why obesity is so high and we can sit in our, in our homes all the time now, right? Where in the history of mankind has somebody been able to sit inside of their air-conditioned home, Instacart or Walmart or Amazon delivery to their front door and never have to leave their home for months and months and months and months and months and months, and months or years at a time? It's never happened. And so because of that, Compare that to the time of the Sahaba, where for them, they were living a physical economy. They were living a physical lifestyle, right? Umar had to go out and learn the art and science of swordsmanship, of archery, of how to be able to ride the horse, of how to be able to milk the goat or the camel or the cow, right? Those were the skill sets that they needed because that was the life that they had to live. But the life that we live, this is a life of mind, of brain, of ideas. More so than ever before, the war that we fight as Muslims, and the war, not just, I don't want to say that the war that we fight as Muslims, because it's not like we're at a war, okay? So take that out. I'm not saying that. But what we're saying is that more so than ever before, what is at the forefront is in a, it's a conceptual and idea economy. That's the world that we live in now. And so more so than ever before, Right, Even before the internet, it wasn't as big of a thing because we lived in a world where physical life was a lot more prevalent. Right, you would, In order to be able to communicate with somebody, you have to write them a letter. You have to actually go out of your house in order to communicate with people. And so now you can sit in the comfort of your bed at night and be indoctrinated with ideas. You can have uh, anxiety and stress and depression in so many different flavors and colors than has ever been existed before. And so in today's world, it is all about being able to understand how the mind works so that way we can actually live in this world. And so that's what my answer to that question is, is that why has this never been a thing as much so as I'm emphasizing it now is because never have we lived in such a time where ideas and concepts were at the forefront of the world. Imagine I'm sitting now in my vehicle in Plano, Texas, and I have a voice to be able to broadcast to the entire world. This has never been a thing before. And so that is why for me, this message of dunya mastery rings so true is because more so than ever, Muslims need to be able to understand how to be able to come to terms with these dunya ideas and how that mixes and, under, and blends and, uh, and coincides and goes in parallel to the ideas that we have as those who are Muslim and how to utilize these two for the sake of our akhirah. And so I'm going to call it off here, inshallah. I hope you guys... Um, got something from this and inshallah I'm going to be putting in more reps to talk about the message of Dunya Mastery I will catch you guys on the next one Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh